0: Let's have a great day in the Lord today. It's a choice. And I hope that we'll make the wise and right choice. Let's see if we can't follow the example that we have in Nehemiah chapter 8. And please turn your Bibles there with me of maybe the greatest preaching service that we're told about in the Bible. I don't want to say it's the greatest sermon because we're told very little about the preaching. But as far as the attitude and unity of the people coming together to hear the preaching, there's nothing like it described in the Bible. Right, yeah. it's, it's a great preaching service. Their spirit, their intent, their willingness, their response to the preaching of the Word was, is tremendous. Amen. In Nehemiah chapter 8, I only want to take a couple minutes here and just remind you of a few of these wonderful verses. All 18 verses of this chapter are precious in Nehemiah 8. The verse that we use most often is to describe expository preaching. The number one verse in the Bible for expository preaching is verse 8 of Nehemiah 8. So they read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. That is what preaching should be. It's not storytelling. It's not entertaining uh, anecdotes and jokes. It is to read in the book of God distinctly, give the sense, and cause the hearers to understand. And we know that about that verse. But let's look around that verse and just see a few things. In verse 1, it says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man. Here we are. We've gathered ourselves together as one man. You have sat here anticipating the preaching of God's word. And so here we are. And that unity right there is wonderful. Right. And they came before Ezra to get the law of Moses and to preach to them. That's in verse 1. In verse 3. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. That's a number of hours. Before the men and the women and those that could understand. All their children were present that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive. So don't daydream today. Don't think about the rest of your life. The rest of your life is far inferior to what you're doing today. The rest of your life is going to disappear in a cloud of smoke and no one will ever remember it again. But being here today is very important. And so they were attentive to the word in verse 3. All the people were attentive. What a wonderful statement. Then verse 5, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. That's what a pulpit is. I'm standing on a real pulpit. This thing that holds my Bible is not a pulpit. We call it a pulpit. That's a change in words from the Bible. This is the pulpit. Because it gets me up, because I'm short, so that you can see that I'm holding the Bible. That's what it says. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. All the people could see him, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Look at the reverence for God's word. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Look at the reverent spirit these people had for the preaching of God's word. Then in verse 12, after the preaching, and all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Not because they were told that they were beautiful, like some preachers in America do to their audiences, but because they had understood the word of God, they went and made great mirth. We ought to be excited today to open the word of God and to have it explained to us like these people here. It's a time to celebrate, to hear God's word. And then, you know, if you were to keep reading, the elders of these people got Ezra and Nehemiah and said, we heard some things in your preaching that we are not doing as a nation. We have not kept the feast of booths like the Bible describes. What should we do? Let's get it started again. And so they ordered everyone to go out and find branches and make little booths, and they kept the Feast of Booths. And if you read this passage, that's the perfect response, to celebrate understanding and then obey what you haven't been doing. Right. And so they did. And I'll read the last two verses. And all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity. Remember, this is these are the Jews come from Babylon, made booths, and sat under the booths, For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, unto that day, had not the children of Israel done so. A thousand years. In the same way they did it here. And there was very great gladness. They were very glad to sit under branches in a booth. Because they knew it's what the Lord wanted them to do. Also, day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. So they just kept the the preaching going, and they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner which was prescribed by God. This is a wonderful chapter in the Bible. Most people don't know it very well, but we do. So you've heard it before, but I wanted to remind us again that Nehemiah chapter 8 tells us to have a great day in the Lord. And it's a choice. It was a choice to get up in the morning, get there in the street before the water gate, listen attentively, stand up, raise up the hands, shout amen. It's a choice to be happy today and to have a great day in the Lord. And we want to give the Lord a great day. He's given us his word. He's given us his son. He's given us himself. He's revealed himself to us. Surely we can give him a little attention this morning. Let us pray. Holy Father. O Lord, Thou art the God. Amen and amen. Amen. Thou art the God. There is no other God. And we thank Thee that Thou hast revealed Thyself to us through Thy Word. We thank Thee for the Bible, the collection of books that You have given us, that we might know Thee, and that we might know what we ought to do for Thee, and that we might know how to live our lives in this world. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you for the gift of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that makes our access unto thee wide open because of his intercession for us. And we come to thee this day, Holy Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious name of Jesus, the Son of God, the name which is above every name, before which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to thy honor and glory. We thank thee for the holy example of these zealous souls that had felt the pain of your judgment while they sat in Babylon, but you restored them to the city of Jerusalem. And here they are showing their thankful hearts to hear the word of God, let us celebrate today that you have not only inspired scripture for us, but preserved it to us in our language, and you've opened it to us that we might understand it. Oh, Father, be among us today. As we have already prayed ably in the back room, Heavenly Father, without thy spirit and without thy blessing, we can accomplish nothing good. But if you bless us, Who shall hinder it? And we pray that you might bless us today. We thank thee for our brethren. We thank thee for the freedom in America that we might worship like this without any fear whatsoever of reprisal or consequences. We thank thee that you've given us health and strength to be here. We thank thee for our unity and peace. And we pray that you will now bless us. Heavenly Father, we know that we are not as bad as Isaiah chapter 1. And yet, and yet, O Lord, we ask that you would search us and know us and try us and see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Heavenly Father, expose any error, whether it's from the pulpit or the seats. Expose it, convict us about it, and lead us in paths of truth and wisdom and righteousness. We bless and praise your holy name. We thank you for all your blessings, and you do take care of us every day. We thank you for our daily bread. We thank you for every other good thing that you've given us that is embodied in that statement. You have taken care of us, prospered us, pampered us, protected us, and granted us peace like no others. And we thank thee for that. But, Heavenly Father, we know that peace and a pampered lifestyle and protection in this world. And prosperity is not what life is about. Our life is to honor and glorify Thee, the Lord of glory, the Creator of the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. And we pray that You would now bless us to do that. We want to lift up Your great and glorious name. We want to lift up Your Word. And this Word that we have before us, the book of Isaiah tells us about thy Son in graphic detail, with his names given to us, and we thank thee for it, and his virgin birth declared, and his substitutionary atonement, and the satisfaction that he made of your divine justice for the salvation of our souls. Because of his blessing, because of his great work on the cross, you divided the spoil with him, for him to divide with us, And we thank Thee for Thy Holy Spirit, and we pray that the power of Pentecost will strengthen us this day, that every one of us will be lifted up in our spirits by Thy Spirit, that our worship will come up into heaven, even into Thy holy dwelling place. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask these things, confessing our sins and thanking Thee for every blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.